with your ghost. Ghost <laughs> with your ghost? <laughs> let's restart that. <laughs> no, we don't have to restart it. Yes, let's, just let's get restart right into that. It. No, God we're keeping it. it live, man. We're keeping it live. Well, Not everything has to be fucking live, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> we're keeping it live. Welcome to Nicky B's Movie Corner, everybody. Well, if you haven't guessed, we're talking about us. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, no, wait, I thought we were talking about the Dora and the Lost City of Gold trailer. Oh, shit. That, was that this we episode? Were, I, thought, I thought that's what we were here for. I better throw my notes out then. No, I'm just kidding. We're talking about us. Um, but can we talk so, about Dora now? <laughs> <laughs> if we have time, we'll talk about Dora, Chris. Okay. I didn't um, watch it, so I can't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see that trailer? No. All right. We're getting a little bit offhand here. Um, so the both of us saw Jordan Peele's new film, Us. Yes. His sophomore effort. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of a warning off of the top. We're going to get into spoilers. You can't discuss this movie without getting into spoilers. You can't get into you can't discuss this movie without spoilers. And first thing, like I feel like I think you and me agree on this. I feel like the both of us need to see a movie the, the movie a second time. Yes, this is a movie that demands re- repeat viewing. Yes. Yeah, I I feel like yeah, it it definitely is a film that demands repeat viewing. Um, but before we get into our spoiler, uh, oh, I'm Chris, by the way, did you, yeah, I don't even, you didn't even introduce me. <laughs> <laughs> you all know, who Hi, Chris. <laughs> you all know who that is. This Do is. They? I've had, well, I've had you on a few times. It's only been they like twice. They know you. They know you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they know you. It's Chris Robertson is back. Everybody. I need a He's better last name. Of, why do you need a, be- why do you need a better last name? I need something name? more memorable. What would your last name be if you had a choice? Fuck if I know right now. You're putting me on the spot now. <laughs> well, you can't say that without having without a follow-up question. But yes, Chris Robertson is back, host of former host of Mouthful of Movies. He's joining me for the third time. It's a very obscure radio show that you definitely didn't listen to. Well, people who went to NKU certainly know. Yes. Yes. Well, um, not even that. But yeah, I mean, they're still up. They're still archived, right? Yeah. They're on my website, mouthfulofmovies.wordpress.com, that hasn't been updated since December of last year. Well, they year. can still look it up. Yeah, go Google it. Okay, so let's get into it. Um, let's give our let's start off by giving our spoiler-free opinions on the movie uh, before we go into, and we'll when we'll get to a certain point where I'll kind of warn you guys, I'll warn the audience that we're getting into spoilers. And that warning's right now. No, that we're not right now, but Damn. we're. Like I said, we're going to get into our spoiler-free review of, review the, movie, of the movie, movie right now. Okay, so quick first <clears throat> spoiler-free thoughts. I really did enjoy this movie. Yes. I very much enjoyed it. I think Jordan Peele is two for two right now. He's proven himself to be one of the most exciting storytellers of this generation. I can't wait to see what he does next. Mm-hmm. Acting all around across the board, off the charts, Jordan Peele's use of music in certain scenes makes him one of the best. And, yeah, I just I just really, really enjoyed this movie. I'm going to mirror your thoughts, not to a T, and that mirror was intended. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say. I really enjoyed this film as well. you have any intentions there? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was captivated by almost every scene in this film. I was too. You talked about Jordan Peele's writing and... Mm-hmm. Uh, let, it's, he's one of the most original filmmakers now, yes. too. His direction also needs to be praised because the tension in this movie is incredible. Inc- amazing. Like He is one of the few filmmakers that nowadays, modern-day filmmakers, 
who will take his time with a scene to build tension. Uh, and this tension could be building for minutes to 10 to 15 minutes like at a, a time. like a tightrope. Yes. Yes, it's incredible what he's able to do with tension. And a lot. it's, it's what's missing a lot from horror nowadays. Is the we horror, are definitely, I've definitely seen sort of an uprise. We, we got ADHD. We got ADHD horror, where everybody wants to get to the jump scares. Jump and scare, jump scare fest. And you know there are a couple. Mm-hmm. I mean, every horror movie is going to have its like, share of jump scares. The beginning of this movie is like ten minutes long, right? Somewhere around there. Yeah, I'd say. I'd say it's about ten yeah. minutes long, and you feel the tension building each and every minute, each and every second. Absolutely. And that just I continues on. I agree with that. That continues on throughout the film. Absolutely. And, yeah, that's why he's a master of horror. And it's great because, you know, he's coming off of Key and Peele. He was one of the funniest. He was uh, one of com- the funniest sketch performers of all time. Yes. And now he's writing these horror films that have a lot of social commentary and they have a lot of messages to say. I'll be interested in getting in the, into this debate with you because mm-hmm. I found, I mean, not to compare the two, but I found Get Out to be more of a more of a social commentary horror film. It's a more direct social. More direct. Yeah, I I felt that one was more of a direct in terms of what its social message was. Us makes you think about the message, what the message is. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of gets you to think. It kind of makes you believe that this is more of a straight-up horror film. Under the surface. Under the surface. We'll get into this with spoilers, but yes. Um, But yeah, I mean, I thought – I mean – like I said, the acting across the boards was absolutely fantastic. Lupita, is, Lupita was phenomenal. Oh my gosh, this is one of the top tier acting performances. If she doesn't of the get decade. nominated for anything for this movie, I'll be shocked. Yeah, uh, and I think this is her first starring role, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not her sure first about starring that. role. I'm not sure. We knew that she was in Star Wars. Yeah, and we knew that she was in Black Panther. Yeah, but those were supporting roles. Yeah, I can't think of any other role that she's had because she doesn't really have that many acting credits to her name at the moment. No, I think this, if I'm not mistaken, this could be her first. Uh, I think this is her first starring role in which she's the lead. Maybe in a major. Maybe yeah. Hollywood film. I think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. but Winston Duke was absolutely amazing. Mbaku from Black Panther. Mbaku from Black Panther. He was hilarious in he that was movie. He's hilarious. He's hilarious in this one. And he definitely serves as the com- comedic uh, relief of the film. Oh, he, he even in some of the more specifically tension-filled scenes, he'll yeah. get that one line in there where he's going to get a laugh out of you and it just breaks the tension. Yes. But it doesn't do it in a way where it's like Oh, the tension is building, and then the character says a joke, and then all of a sudden, oh, tension's broken. Yeah. You still have that tension there. It definitely feels like yeah. Not a whole lot of directors, can, and this is going back to Jordan Peele. Not a whole lot of directors can do that. Like if you're going to build, have a particular joke, and, they place it well. In a and you can film. tell, you can tell his character is trying to make sense of everything, but he can't, and that's why he's using these jokes because he's trying to, uh, he's trying not to have like a mental breakdown. Because he's so confused on what's going on, so he needs to joke. Because he have to, la- he has to laugh in these yeah. situations. He, he, yeah, he has to laugh to. He has much to. Let he it has out. to laugh, but also kind of keep his composure and yeah. kind of keep his family safe. And that's that's what the comedy is. It's trying to keep composure instead of break tension. Which yeah. is what. Which is. Uh, I love that Jordan Peele. It's very rare in a horror film. Yes, I love that that Jordan Peele's doing that. It's very rare in a horror film to do that because, like I said, when you normally add some comedy in a film, Mm -hmm. when you add some comedy in a horror film, it doesn't necessarily work all of the time. 
I'd say most of the time it doesn't most work. Of, yeah, exactly. Most of the time it doesn't work. But this kind of th- – this is what Jordan Peele is able to do so well. Yeah. He'll give you those elements of comedy, for which we've known in the past that he certainly can do it from his past years on Mad TV and on Key and Peele as a sketch performer. But it keeps – it's not comedy in the sense of over-the-top sort of like – substitute teacher-esque sketch yeah. comedy he the humor in it is very minimal yes and it's very sort of grounded but it's still just so funny yes and it's uh representative of rep, is that how you say that word representative representative of <laughs> of who the characters are like it makes sense for these characters to be making absolutely these jokes. yeah and you understand why they're making these jokes mm-hmm. because, oh absolutely and that's the sign of good writing there because they have, yeah, because they have to keep their composer in this situation that they're in. So, for those of you that uh, need a brief little synopsis about what this movie is actually about, craziness. The, the, the basic setup of this movie is you have a family who are going on, who are on a summer vacation, right? They're going out to this beach house for the summer, and they are confronted in the middle of the night by these home invaders only to discover that these home invaders are doppelganger duplicate versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't already sell you on the film. Well, Jordan, what I heard Jordan Peele was doing another movie I was already sold on. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of people don't look at who's directing or writing. That's true. The majority yeah. of film yeah, goers that's don't. That's true. And I know that, you know, and typically when you look at a premise like that, mm-hmm. you know, there's been a lot of home invasion type of movies before. Like the kind of vibe that I got off of it when I first saw the first trailer was of that movie, The Strangers. Do you remember the movie, The Strangers? Of course. The sequel was terrible. It, well, that's a whole other episode. But um, Did you ever watch Your Next? I've, I was going to say, Your Next was probably another, yeah. um, uh, another home invasion type movie. But this so, is and you think that like it, this could go that similar route, but it does not. No, at all. with the supernatural twi- twist that these people look exactly like you. And I feel like now we should get to that moment in the podcast where we are going to talk spoilers for this movie. Like, we, like a, we said, it's hard to discuss this movie. Yes, it is hard. To, and like I said, the basic brief little synopsis that I gave you there is it's indicative to what this movie is, but also it's not. Mm-hmm. And that's basically the synopsis I gave you was basically what like the IMDb synopsis tells you. Yeah, it's like what the what it like any like little blurb say like on a site will tell you that this movie's about. Yeah, there's a reason why the trailers were very secretive. Yes, and I preferred it that way. Yeah, because this movie, even the best opening, trailers do that. Even the opening to the movie is a spoiler. I feel like okay, now we should get to the point where. If you have not seen the movie, go see it. Go see it. Pause this podcast and then come back and listen to it. Yes. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, goodbye. Goodbye. Adios, Adios, amigos. Adios. We will see you later after you've seen the movie, and then you can come back and listen to our discussion. Yes. Okay. Now we're getting into spoilers. So Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Soylent Green is people. Yes. I completely understood everything the first few. Rosebud is a sled. I <laughs> <laughs> completely understood everything the first time. Did you? No, I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> 
I didn't either. So, I mean, I feel like, um, so the big sort of reveal. Do we want to get into the reveal right now, or do we do we want to, do we want to like go throughout the the the, the timeline of the film? And get up to the can, reveal. Yeah, I guess we can kind of go through. I mean, obviously not the whole. Movie, oh, obviously just not. Like major plot points we yeah. can get through. Yeah. Let's go through the major plot points yeah. instead of going to the reveal. So we have the opening of the movie in which it's this flashback from the 80s. Yes. Where it's sort of Lupita Nyong'o's character. As a child. As a child. She's with her family. She's with her family at this fair, right? Yeah. This little, Or outside boardwalk yeah. fair by the beach. And she stumbles across this maze, mm-hmm. this sort of like little like mazes that you would see at places like this, like little scary, spooky maze or whatever. She walks into the maze, and she finds the duplicate. Ver- she finds she finds a girl. But the way that scene maze. is set up, yes, you're, you're missing out. You're not saying how that scene is set up. Well, <laughs> do you want to get into it? I mean, it's it's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's it's completely quiet. Uh, it starts off with her ignoring, basically leaving her father, who is ignoring her because he's a terrible father. You, you understand he that is, right off the he bat. He's a very terrible father. He's a very yes. terrible father. The mother she, is the only one who cares. Yeah, but she has to use the restroom. So that's why. And uh, he's too busy playing the whack-a-mole game or whatever. <laughs> he, didn't do, he didn't do what everybody does. You just hit the same hole over and over until eventually the whack-a-mole. No, he was going all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> like his... His whack-a-mole skills are terrible, but that's he was another terrible. Story. That's a whole other. That's a whole <laughs> other episode. Is Lupita Nyong'o's father in the movie has terrible whack-a-mole Isn't her skills? Her character's name Adelaide. Yeah, her character's name was Adelaide. Yeah, yes. Adelaide. Adelaide, and then her husband was Gabe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she leaves her father because she wants to go explore, like all children do, and she, eventually she ends up on the the the, the shores mm-hmm. next to the boardwalk, and you see that maze. Thing, the the opening and it says well what is, it says something like find yourself I think it's find yeah find your true self or find something your like true that. self yeah which is already a hint at what what this which is, is another to be. hint another hint the at foreshadowing the, be- the f- another hint is at the very beginning of the movie there's about a watching. billion foreshadowing exactly foreshadowing. I'll get to I'll get get to a couple minute the uh, moments of yeah. foreshadowing before we go on. Um, she's in this when she's know, when she's watching TV at the beginning of the yeah. film the hands across America yes yeah the very open. The that very, I, we will tell you the very opening scene of yeah, we, this for, movie, we forgot about that. Yes, the opening, the opening, the ve- the very first scene isn't them on this boardwalk uh, fair thing. Yes, it, it's it's a it's a TV, an old TV because it's the eighties, mm-hmm. and there's so many foreshadowing hints and clues and Easter eggs. Things that I'd say the regular audience would kind of go like, "Why is this here? Yeah. Why why are we watching this?" But if you're really paying attention carefully, especially yeah. to another moment in the film, it is it's absolutely foreshadowing. It's basically spelling out for you if you're what exactly. Yeah, if you're really paying attention and you understand all the hints that Jordan Peele's throwing at you. Because people are, you know, I guess because I guess people would sort of be like, "Why are we on this shot of the TV for five minutes?" Yeah, you know. But it's like we said, it's not. Mm-hmm. There's so many Easter eggs and references and hints and foreshadows. And when she. Um, one of the things that she wins, I think the first thing she wins at the carnival is this Michael Jackson Thriller T-shirt. Her father wins that. Her, for her. Yeah, her father wins the Michael Jackson Thriller T-shirt. Yeah. And at first you think, okay, it's set in the 80s. 
So obviously, no, it, it plays a, it, it does play into it, it but it plays I, a but huge the, role. But, in but the what end. I was getting at is, you would think, okay, it's set in the '80s. Yeah. Yes, obviously, someone will be wearing Michael Jackson It kind Jackson of sucks shirt. that it kind of sucks that they released this film right after the Finding Neverland documentary. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, the shirt does play into the context of the movie, though. Yeah. I know, but still, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get into that see, later. You see yes. that Michael Jackson shirt, and you're like, oh, oh, yeah, that yeah. documentary just released. Uh, yeah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first thought when I saw that shirt. So anyway, get back yeah. into so yeah. get back into um, Adelaide, young Adelaide. She's in the fun house mirrors, and she's seeing her reflection of herself everywhere, and she gets scared because the lights go out. There's a thunderstorm going on. She gets terrified, and she has like an anxiety attack and she's trying to escape but she can't because she can't find her way out mm-hmm. uh she's running into mirrors and she's seeing herself everywhere and then it gets to the point where you can tell that there's a mirror missing or there's not a mirror where there's supposed to be yes but her reflection is still there and she doesn't see her reflection because she's turned around and then she slowly turns around and she sees that her reflection hasn't turned around with her and that's when you realize, oh, snap, that's where the copy version of her is. Her the doppelganger. doppelganger. Duplicate, tether. Yeah. And it's it's a tense scene. And as soon as that happens, it's like, oh, my right gosh. Right off the bat, too. Yes. yes. It's, it's doesn't incredible. take any, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, that opening scene is really, it sets the really mood for the entire film. It sets the mood entirely. What is Which is and what then, an opening scene should do for absolutely. a film. And then sort of after that, we cut to modern day. Yeah. And she's grown up. She's grown up. She has a family. She's married with two kids Mm -hmm. on their way to their summer beach house. Which is the same place. Same place as it was uh, when she was a kid. I think it's Santa Cruz. I believe so. Yeah, I think it's sort of around that area. And she's worried because. She's very, yeah, you can tell very quickly that she's very nervous to go back to this place. Because I think. You find out uh, a a few minutes later that uh, this this doppelganger that she found uh, kind of made her go crazy. That mm. That's what it looks like at first until the end, but we won't say that yet. Yes. <laughs> Unless you've already watched the film. Unless you've you know. watched it, then just join us and yeah. welcome in. <laughs> uh, she's but ha- she, and she's very, you know, like we said, she's very nervous. She doesn't want to go out on mm-hmm. the beach. She has trouble speaking. Yeah, she's, yeah. Which plays a major plot point. Yes, it does. We're, we're keep foreshadowing this whole thing right now. Like Jordan <laughs> it's Peele. It's going to play it. It's going to play it. We're just like Jordan Peele. Yeah. <laughs> should, I feel like we're just summarizing the movie at this point, though. We should just actually get into some discussion over this stuff. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the first kind of major hint that they see um, is their young son. I think his name's Jason. Yeah, Jason. They're, yeah, their young Who son. Who wears a mask. Which is wears cool. a mask and a Jaws shirt. Yeah. Um, but the first moment that they kind of suspect something is up is you see the sun walking toward this figure mm-hmm. on the beach and he's got sort he's just sort of standing with his arms out he's a homeless man ha- yes <laughs> <laughs> standing with his, standing with his arms out and blood is coming down yeah. his his fingers but right earlier before that that same man is dead He's being carted out. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Because he's dead, but then you see him on the beach. And and it says Jeremiah. What does it yeah. say on the cardboard? It says Jeremiah, Jeremiah 11, I believe. 111 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. 
But and obviously this plays into because um, Adelaide, who's Lupita Nyong'o, is you know she's always wondering where her kids are. Yeah, and she freaks out and she starts wondering where he where she is, and then he starts walking back, and then she's like, "Oh my God, Jason, where were you? Where were you?" And then they're like, "Where you gotta go?" Mm-hmm. And they've only been there for like fifteen minutes or something like that. But that's sort of the first hint that you get. Yeah, and then sort of. Um, I'm, I'm trying to again, like I have to see this Let's movie just, twice to see if we're mo- seeing if I'm forgetting anything in between that. Yeah, but we don't need to summarize. All right, let's see. Yeah, okay, fine. We'll 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 get. Let's we'll move on. Yeah, move on. So then we get it's in the middle the of the home night. invasion. Let's just get the, to the home. We'll invasion. get to the okay. So we're we're here at the actual home invasion. Middle of the night, power goes out, and the son sees that there's a family in their driveway. And, of course, you know, it's the middle of the night, and they're freaking out. Mm-hmm. And Winston Duke gives such an amazing performance in this scene. Yes. When he confronts them for the first time. He's hilarious. <laughs> He's, He's fucking hilarious. hilarious. He's amazing at it. <laughs> um, but he sort of is and, – and this group, this family is just standing in their driveway. Yeah. They're not moving at all. They're not making any noise. And then Winston Duke um, takes a baseball bat and threatens to – well, she calls the cops – she calls the cops, and they're all. And she said that they're only like 14 minutes away, and uh, he gets a baseball bat and threatens them one more time to get off their property. Yeah, and that's when this family starts moving in. Yes, slowly but surely. Slowly but surely moving in, and then we get the. Um, <clears throat> again, I'm trying to map things out of my brain. That's. Uh, so yeah, they they successfully break in and hold the family hostage, and that was when we get the first big reveal that this these home invaders, when they take off their masks, are their doppelganger versions yeah. of themselves. Should what? we go on any further? <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, let's just cut this whole part out now. <laughs> just go back. From, but I figured we'll you know, just go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to remember the exact details because it's such a phenomenal scene. Yeah. Um, it, like we keep talking about tension, and once again, tension in that scene is incredible. And I keep saying incredible because my dictionary apparently is limited. No, it's <laughs> incredible. We can keep we can keep it up and again. Yeah. Uh, that's when you get the back and forth between the copy doppelganger Adelaide and and. The other Adelaide, and they don't really say much. No, they don't really say that's much. That's a huge, the, yeah. That's a huge plot point in this film is mm-hmm. that the only doppelganger who can speak is Adelaide. Adelaide, who talk? Who, you yeah. did the voice at the beginning. She talks. She like talks this. like this with her. I can't. I sound very high when I do that. <laughs> <laughs> she talks with a raspy voice. Yes, it's very strained, very raspy. And she's the only one out of out of everybody that else group that talks. Everybody, Everyone else goes like, and they make like noises. Everybody else makes animalistic like noises. And I thought that when I was watching first watching this film, I thought maybe <laughs> Jordan Peele was trying to get into some kind of like gender commentary, like. Oh, the the female. Is that what you were? Is that what you uh, meant when you? No. Okay. No, no. This was my initial th- initial thought. We'll get into that because I was trying to look for the social commentary uh, that Jordan Peele was going for, and I was like, "Well, the 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 female doppelganger is speaking, but the men are 
are making animalistic noises. Okay. I'm like, okay, well, maybe he's trying to say that maybe he's going with that age-old men are just animals and women are incredibly smart. But then uh. you get more into the film, and I'm like, okay, that's not what it is. Right. No, there's a reason why Adelaide's the only one who can speak, and I feel like we should just get into that twist. Because All right, that's so the that's the discussion. Let's just go ahead. Let's just go ahead and get into the twist. Yeah. So, okay, the first kind of moment there's multiple twists. There's multiple twists, but the first moment where you kind of realize is that there's this other family that they're friends with. The white family. The white family. <laughs> yes. There's this white family that they're friends with, who they're hanging out on the beach with, and they're in their summer home. And they start to hear stuff in the mm-hmm. outside, and she's kind of uh, Elizabeth Moss is the one who's telling her husband, who is Tim and Tim and Eric. By yeah. the way, I was so excited to see that he was in this movie because <laughs> uh, I was a huge fan of Tim and Eric growing up. Um, but she starts; she tells him um, to check outside, and the neck, and you know, he's like, "Oh, there's really nothing. There's nothing out there. You're crazy." Blah 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 blah. Then. It cuts to their doppelganger. Their doppelganger. They get murdered quickly, and they get they get murdered very quickly. They're the first ones to go, pretty yeah. much. And that's the moment where you realize, wait, is there more doppelgangers? Yeah. Why is there more? Why is there? It's doppel- not just multiple. It's not just Adelaide's family. It's not it's, just Adelaide's family. It seems that there's more doppelgangers. Yes. That's the first hint that you get. Yeah. And by the way, that scene in particular, after they get killed. The usage of music mm-hmm. in that scene is incredible. Oh, yeah. The usage of the, just the, when they go back and forth from like oh, the God. Beach Boys song I couldn't to stop the laughing. NWA song, the usage of music in the songs in that movie, absolutely perfect. I couldn't stop laughing because this is one thing, this is another thing that Jordan Peele does incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Because Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moss' character is like, uh, they can't use uh, Siri. Alexa, because you know it's copyright, so they have some kind they of have it's knockoff, I, some other version, yeah, I, which is supposed to be Alexa. She's like, it's Alexa, but I can't yeah. remember what they called she, it. She's like, Alexa, call the police, and <laughs> that's right. Oh, that was amazing. NWA, NWA, fuck the police. <laughs> that, was, oh, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. It switched from the Beach Boy song to um, fuck the police. To fuck the police. Oh, that was. Oh my God, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. And that was another moment that had the audience pretty much laughing, like, right after that. I couldn't stop laughing that Adelaide's family escaped their doppelgangers only to run into the other family's doppelgangers almost instantly. <laughs> I, yeah, and they pretty much killed them off quickly, too. Yeah, yeah that's something I also wanted to talk about is that this not only is this a smart horror film based off a of social commentary, which we'll get into in a little bit, mm-hmm. it's also a smart horror film because the characters are smart. Absolutely, yeah. The Adelaide's family, they all use their intelligent and their character traits that are established early on in the film to escape their own doppelgangers. Uh, Winston Duke, he buys that boat that the family fucking hates. They the, hate the boat. They think it's a stupid idea. And it ends up saving him. It ends up saving his life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jason, his character, uh, he's a little off. We don't know why. Because he wears a mask. He wears a mask. He's not very sociable. Mm-hmm. He's really into magic tricks. And he's trying to use this one magic lighter thing that doesn't work. Right, yeah, yeah. And I'm glad that Jordan Peele subverted that because it seemed like, oh, well, they established this in the beginning. It's going to be some kind of uh, thing that saves them at the very end. 
But no, he actually uses that early, earlier in the film than you expect. Right. I was like, oh, well, you know, they're going to get stuck in some situation. And, oh, look, here's the, here's the Hail Mary saving grace for them. But no, it's actually not at the end of the film. It's like a little earlier than halfway, which was a smart decision because you're waiting for that. It's like a smoking gun, and it comes way earlier than you expect, so it builds more tension. Like, okay, well, then how are they going to use uh, – how are they going to escape, you know, future – confrontations so that was a really smart idea uh yeah and it's a smart horror film because the characters are smart and it utilizes their smart characters in a horror film are very rare yeah and it's very rare for like all the main characters to be smart (laughs) your central characters yeah yeah in the except for the white family they're all idiots well they they were dumb and they got killed off quickly yeah (laughs) <laughs> but that's sort of that's the first glimpse you get into there being some kind that's the first that's the first twist you get there are a few twists mm-hmm. let's get into the other one which one's the next other one other ones what's the next twist is that you find out that there is multiple doppelgangers all around the world all around the world or well, all around America. Sorry. All around. Oh, well, oh yeah, it's all around America because yeah. they turn on after the white family gets killed. They turn on the TV and they see on the news that these sort of they kind of I don't I forget what they describe it in that moment, but like they say that they're going around stabbing people yeah. and it's a very it feels like a it feels like a zombie apocalypse in a way, but not zombies. But not zombies. It's a doppelganger but, apocalypse. Doppelganger apocalypse. But it's kind of like. That's the moment where it kind of turns into a zombie apocalypse. They're all dressed the bit. same. Yes, they're all dressed the same. They have like these red jumpsuits. They yeah. all have these gold scissors. Yes. And they go around stabbing people. And you also find out that not only are they stabbing people, after they finish stabbing people, they have pretty much created a giant circle around America by all, by all holding hands. Which feeds into the beginning of the film. Hands across America. Hands across America, yes. And and that's uh, also plays in... Oh, actually, I guess we could talk about it now. That's when the social commentary really starts. That's where the little... Yes. Um, but it also goes back into what I was talking earlier about the Michael Jackson Thriller shirt. Because if you remember the video for Thriller, mm-hmm. he's two versions. Yeah. Right? He has his normal self... And then he has the zombie, the, the zombie self that starts dancing like yeah. he does in the thriller video. So it does. So he's his tethered version in that video, mm-hmm. and it's a very it's a very subtle moment. Yeah, but it's like I said, that's just one yeah. of the brilliant things about. That's when I video. started thinking more about what Jordan Peele was talking was is trying to say with this film. And we all are our own worst enemy. Not only that, but the hands across America thing that is prevalent throughout the film. All these doppelgangers are holding hands and just standing there. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe he's trying to say that well, these so-called protests don't actually work. Maybe protests uh, – I'm trying to get back into my mindset here because my mindset was constantly changing as the film changed. Was like, well, That's what a great film to, gets you to do. Yeah. Well, maybe he's trying to say something about protests. Like, what's he trying to say here? What's yeah. he trying to say here? Yeah, uh, and now I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> again, again, this is a movie that demands repeat viewing. Yeah. Because I feel like, okay, so let's get into the other twist mm-hmm. in that movie, in this movie. The one main twist that we get, and it's kind of near the end of the film, 
Are you talking about well, the one at the very end or the one before that? Because we find out that all these doppelgangers are a result of a government program. Yes. Okay, yeah. So, yes, all of these doppelgangers are the result of a government program where they've cloned everybody practically. Yeah. And they're all living in this sort of underground. This is where I get conflicted about the film. Okay. Is because I thought at first what Jordan, <clears throat> when we find out about, because you find out that all these doppelgangers are living under, in, in abandoned subway tunnels throughout America. Yes. All the abound, abandoned subway tunnels that, that, was were built, where the, yeah. that were built under America mm-hmm. throughout decades, uh, that's where all the doppelgangers live, and they grew up, and they became tethered versions of the real copies, the real people, not the copies. That sorry. are connected by the soul. Yeah, they're connected by the soul. You find out that the government's abandoned this program and that all these people, all these doppelgangers have been abandoned and they've been living in tunnels and subway uh, access points their entire lives. And they copy the movements of the the real people up above. And I was thinking, like, is he going for religion this time? Like, are these people supposed to be demons from hell and above are the angels? And, but he's trying to subvert it. Yeah. I thought he was going into religion at first, but the sci-fi government experiment angle kind of threw that away. I had so many. Because that's where it led. To, yeah. Because that's kind of the angle that it was kind of leaning towards, where it was more of a sci-fi movie. Yeah. Not a sci-fi movie per se, but like. I thought of. I thought he was getting into religion at first because you know the people, the doppelgangers down below, mm-hmm. are they act like demons at times. Right. And the. I was like, okay, so maybe he's trying to get some kind of really obvious heaven-hell allegories, but no. Because it gets to another point, and this leads into the other twist in the film, where we kind of see them going back and forth between, uh, you sort of see, like, where it cuts back to the 80s, Mm -hmm. and you see, like, a bunch of people around the boardwalk, like, doing their thing, kind of walking around, and then it cuts to down below. Yeah the exact doppelganger versions of themselves. And let's just say kind of, let's just say for the sake, heaven and then hell below. Yeah. So heaven is like the real world and then hell is, let's just say. But it's not religion. It's not religion at all, but like, let's just say that for the argument. (laughs) Let's just say that for the argument. So like you have heaven and hell below and it cuts back and forth between them and they're doing the exact same movements, Mm -hmm. only the sort of doppelganger versions aren't really walking normally. Yeah. They're kind of like walking around like, Zombies, for lack of a better word, and that's because they haven't seen the real world. They haven't seen the real world. Oh, and this is where we get into the next plot twist of the film, in which we're back into cuts back to 1986, the beginning of the film, the beginning of the film where young Adelaide sees a doppelganger version of herself in the mirror, yeah, in the funhouse. She grabs her and chokes her. And drags her down below. This is at the very end. This is the very this is the very end of the film. Drags her down below and chains her up. And the real Adelaide is chained up in this other world. Yeah. While the subway system. Yes, the subway system. Not an actual other world. While the doppelganger goes back up into the real world, mm-hmm. and the twist of it is is that the doppelganger? The doppelganger has been the main has been the main character the entire time. Main character the whole time. Yeah. Yes. I, I felt a little confused and when I make, say that. Yeah. And then you start to, after that twist, you go home and you start to think about it, and you're like, okay, so 
now you understand why they're in these red jumpsuits because she's got the Michael Jackson Thriller shirt on. That's the last bit of pop culture that she remembers. Yes. So she's inspired by that. Uh, yeah. She's the only one. Who, that's the reason why she's the only one who can speak because she was from the real world, the uh, the up above. And and it kind of gets in that way. Like nobody um, else knows how to speak, so. and then it kind of goes back into a bit of a revenge film a little bit yeah. because you because once you know that at the end you find out that maybe the real Adelaide is kind of coming for the doppelganger for revenge. She is, and that's why she's coming to uh, to basically kill their family. Yeah. Basically, all that stuff that was set up in the beginning, Hands Across America, which we yes. can as- we can assume that's something Adelaide saw as a child. Yes, which is what inspired her to. Br- for this doppelganger rebellion, this rising up. And in, and you see in the film these doppelgangers sort of in a line holding hands. Holding hands across, across America. America. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you're like, okay, so that's why she's the only one who can speak because she's the real one. She has nobody to speak to. Yeah. So she... she and you wonder that throughout the whole film. Like, why is she speaking and the other doppelgangers are just making noises? Yeah. And then it all ties in. Yeah, the twist. I want to go back to the government angle. Yes, go back to the government that's, angle. That's the only part of the film that I'm iffy on. Because okay. once they started explaining things, there's like a whole eight-minute scene where the real Adelaide, who you don't know is the real Adelaide, she explains that it's all because of a government angle. And they, it's, there's a lot it's of... It's ex- all government. Yeah. There's a lot of <laughs> exposition. And that part I'm not sure about because I feel like you have to see it again to kind of like fully. No, not maybe that. not that or it, I was really enjoying that they weren't explaining why this was happening, and then yeah. and then they give an explanation and then you're okay. Well, if the government created all this and they abandoned all of them, how did like how did all those doppelgangers survive? Well, they say that they survived because of rabbits, but then who puts the rabbits there? If the government's abandoned them, who's keep who's keeping the rabbits down there for the doppelgangers to eat? Yeah, that's a that's a moment in the film where I am kind of with you, and that I'm the, iffy on the, the explanation. But it kind of like this kind of brings into one thing I wanted to talk about in that. Um, well, first of all, if you if you aren't aware, Jordan Peele is revamping the Twilight Zone where he's hosting. Yeah, and if you look back, a lot of those older Twilight Zone episodes. They're very scary and they're very creepy, but certain things you would kind of question logistics a little bit. Yeah. I think maybe that's kind of what I it mean. It definitely feels like a Twilight Zone. It feels Zone like movie. and Get Out felt like a Twilight Zone episode as well. Mm-hmm. Um so in that sense it makes sense for Jordan Peele to revamp it, but it kind of like feels like Jordan Peele is doing his own stamp on a Twilight Zone type of episode. Yeah. But it's a feature-length film. A feature-length film where you have this story and you you question the logistics of it a little bit. I think the problem is the it lo- didn't, the- but like, but it didn't overall compromise the experience of the film for me. Me either. But the more I think about it, it doesn't compromise the film for me. But the more I think about it, the, the, the explanation is the explanation is compromised. Not the film itself. Yeah, and you think the rabbits are going to have more of a foreshadowing. Yeah. As opposed to, because at the beginning of the film when we have like the opening I mean, you credits. Hear, yeah. you, you, you hear that age old uh, advice for horror films. Don't explain anything because it's scarier. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this film maybe should have done that too. 
because not you're like re- overtly explained, but maybe just some, like some little. You things don't here need. And there. You don't need the government. I don't think you need the, the government explanation angle for this film, because creepy doppelganger, okay. creepy doppelgangers rising up from underground is way more scarier than oh, it was all government. That's a good point. It was all the government. The government did it, and they abandoned them. When you don't have an explanation for why you involved the government, it could take out some. Yeah. Take you, out some of the tension. When you started, when you don't explain why all these creepy doppelgangers have come from under underground, mm-hmm. it's like, well, well, we don't have an answer for why all that shit happened, but th- this is crazy. But once you're like, well, the government did it, like, well, okay. <laughs> but, I do agree with you that I feel like if that element wasn't in there and it wasn't a quote unquote government conspiracy, yeah. It's the conspiracy part that gets me. It's the, yeah, the I feel like maybe if the tension would have been sort of eased a little bit had they not gone that route and that it was just sort of like you said doppelgangers arising from hell. Yeah. That's well, I, innately I, not more the, terrifying. I, I wouldn't say from hell. Or not like, from like hell, but you get what religious. I'm saying like yeah. but you get what I'm saying like from below. Maybe that's why say. Jordan Peele did that. Added in a government angle so people wouldn't think wouldn't think about religion yeah because like maybe originally he was going for a religious angle maybe maybe i don't know because don't the know doppelgangers are cult like yeah. yeah but um because i don't think he wanted to detract from the actual social social commentary or well what's the an interpretation of his what could be his social commentary which is this is like a lot of it's very subtle, but this is about the class system. Which, okay, explain explain your take on You that. have the tethered doppelgangers who yes. are the lower class. They feed off the scraps. Mm-hmm. They eat raw animals, and they're trapped underground, and they're oppressed, and nobody knows about them, and nobody listens to them, and nobody can help them, except well, maybe people could help them, but the people who could help them abandoned them. The government... Which, now that I'm thinking about it, which is probably what, what Jordan Peele did, you want to say, oh, well, the government's abandoning the lower class, which in real life feels like at times. <laughs> yeah. Especially with stuff like healthcare system. Uh, um, and then you have the Adelaide family who are kind of like the middle class. Yeah. They, Sort they of work like typical middle class family. They work for their money, mm-hmm. they work for their vacation. But they, this is more apparent in uh, Winston Duke, Gabe, his character Gabe. He works for his money, but he still wants more because he's comparing himself to the rich white family who gets murdered halfway through the film. Yes. Who are like the definition of white privilege. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. They're I was very r- much, yeah. And they're, and they're killed off really easily. They, they, quickly, don't, they don't they yeah. don't they don't fight back at all. No, no. <laughs> they're like what? Yeah. <laughs> um, I I was really when I was going home, I was thinking about this message here. I was thinking about it. Yeah, I, that was the only thing kind I thought of because I texted you. <laughs> well, you texted. Well, that's what. Okay, so we don't have to get what, into that. Don't want to get into what you texted me on my way. But home. I would, <laughs> <laughs> but I was. Oh, thinking, it's actually this. Because I was starting to, com- I was starting to, I was starting to compare Winston Duke's character with uh, Tim Tim's character, Tim Heidecker. Him, Tim Heidecker. I don't remember what that. I don't remember what the family's name was in that. No. I'm just saying Tim and Eric, Tim Heidecker <laughs> and Elizabeth Moss. Like, 
Yeah. Winston Duke is constantly comparing his wealth to Tim's. Yes. He's like, you see that, like, well, I bought a boat. And, and then he, oh, and then Tim is like, did you get this, this, and yeah. this? No, you didn't, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then you see Tim's boat. You didn't and get a flare gun. You see Tim's boat, and it's really, it looks wealthy. Yeah. It's not like very, yacht yeah. or anything. No, 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 but it's wealthy. But compared to Winston Duke's dinghy, <laughs> which yeah. is what they call it, they call it a dinghy boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, and he's like, he looks at it, and he's like, damn. Like, maybe I wish I could have gotten something like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you look at their summer home. You look at their summer home is a very kind of tr- normal single level, yeah, kind of like typical little middle class, middle class single level summer home. And, and there and the white family what and have is very nice. Yes, and like very mm-hmm. yeah, looks expensive. Looks as fuck. expensive, double level. Yeah, yeah, it, it looks like something that you want to live in for the rest of your life instead of it just being a summer home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I can't remember if Winston Winston Duke has any moment where he compares his to his house to theirs, but I was thinking on the way home, I was like, I wonder if Jordan Peele had an earlier version of this script where you know, the the class the class system was more apparent with these characters like I want to know about Winston Duke's backstory. Like, did he grow up poor and he had to like work for his money? Did he have to? Mm. Because I really want to know if Tim Tim's character, you know, grew up rich and he he was given everything. Because it seems like that. He it seems like that because he's lazy. You know, there's moments there where he's lazy. He and doesn't like work. The moments like the moments where you, um, the moments where we see, um, where she where his wife hears something outside. He's kind of sitting there like, oh, why are you making me get up? And yeah. like, oh, he's, he's an asshole, really. Yeah, he's a lazy asshole. He's a asshole. pompous asshole in the movie. He wants everybody to do things for him. Yeah, it's like, and then when he finally does get up, he's like, Jesus, I'll look, you know. Yeah. Where Winston yeah. Duke, Winston Duke, he... he Winston tra- Duke doesn't have any hesitation. No. Like, he goes outside and confronts them head mm-hmm. on. Yeah. He's protecting his family, yeah. And that's kind of like the allegory I was thinking about. Like, mm-hmm. you got the tethered who are the lower class. Mm-hmm. You got... Adelaide's family, who are the middle, middle class. class, and then you got Tim's family, who are the rich class. Yeah, and it's like I think Jordan Peele was trying to say that was trying to go towards a class uh, political commentary about class, mm-hmm. like the the lower class. That's very interesting. Lower lower class. Yeah. They're they're fed up. They want out. They want to revolt. They want to rebel. They Which want what, yeah. They want what the middle class and the upper class want. And the middle class wants what the, what the wants upper what class the upper class has, and the upper class doesn't want anything because they already have everything, and that's why they're all jaded and yeah. That's that's a very wow. That's a very interesting topic. Like I really want to see really an early version up. of this yeah. script, just to see like if it dealt more into the class systems. Yeah. Wow. I really want to know the backstory yeah. be- behind Winston Duke and Tim's characters because. That's what. I, that's all I kept thinking about. Like, sort I of could, like, how did they know? Yeah. Like, how did they know each other? Like, yeah, like I can imagine Winston Duke. He didn't grow up with a lot of money. Like you have, a, he, like you said, you kind of get the sense that Winston Duke 
kind of had to work for his money and yeah. work hard all his life. And you I can imagine him that getting, Tim Heidecker's family or Tim's family came from wealth and was yeah. given money at yeah. an early age. And I, that's I, why he's rich and jaded. And, I, I imagine yeah. that Winston Duke got lucky with a scholarship at a prestigious school. He had he got lucky. Yeah. He he met Tim there who got by because his parents uh mm-hmm. his parents donated a wing or bribed yeah. some school <laughs> officials. <laughs> <laughs> Aunt Becky's in the film. <laughs> Aunt Becky from Full House is in the film shows up now. <laughs> <laughs> that that's um, but I It's through those characters that I understand more about what I believe is Jordan's message, which is he's that's more of the social message. Yeah, that you think he, yeah, that that's an interesting point to that's an interesting point to bring up too. Mm-hmm. It's definitely one thing that I'm definitely going to think about like the next time I see this movie because hey. I do want to see this movie again. And, and think about the title. The title is Us. Yes, but if you say it as initials, U.S. Oh. Yeah, and there's a there's a line where. Uh, Fake Adelaide, I guess. It's it's really confusing trying to. It's it, that's why it was kind of difficult for me to describe yeah. the main twist in the movie because it's like, oh, it's her set, it's her Fake, actual self, yeah. but yeah. So. Fake, doppelganger Adelaide, who doppelganger you, Adelaide, who you think is real Adelaide. She asked them, "Who are you people?" And real Adelaide, who who you think is fake Adelaide, is like, "We're Americans." We're Americans. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that as well as you. We're Americans. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's... I should have prepared that voice for the beginning. Every, everybody laughed at that line in our theater. I think everybody laughed. But thinking about it, like... It was a packed house, too. Yeah. Thinking about it, like, oh, Great shit. Great movie to see in a theater, by the way. Yeah. This is definitely a movie you should go to the theater to watch. Yes. But thinking about it, you're like, oh, shit. That line actually has a lot more meaning when you think about if the message is about, you know, we're class. we're the same people. Yeah. We're all American. Well, well, yeah. They claim we're the same people. Well, yeah. But, but some of us are born way mm-hmm. better than others. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but overall, I don't. It wasn't like I'm. I'm with you in that the government sort of conspiracy stuff was a little. Mm-hmm. I, I do want things a little bit more explained in that route. I don't want any explanation. Or you don't? No. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I agree. I sort of agree. I agree with you on that. But it wasn't one of those things where it took me out of the movie completely. The problem is. There's an explanation, but there's not an in-depth explanation. I think for horror, you either need to go all the way into explaining explaining things, or you don't, mm-hmm. or you just drop little hints. The issue yeah. is the issue is there's an entire eight-minute scene that explains everything, but at the same time doesn't explain everything, and it doesn't feel like it's satisfying. It more or less explains like the backstory of yeah. like, tying into the beginning of the film. It's an explanation, like, but actual... it's not a satisfying yeah, explanation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like I said, it didn't compromise the film experience for me as a whole. No, I still really. It wasn't one of those film. things where it's like you know sometimes like a major twist will happen in a movie and I won't like it at all. Where it's kind of like okay, well that was stupid. Mm-hmm. What was the point of everything else? It wasn't that at all. Yeah. I still very much enjoyed this movie. Um, there are a couple things about it where I don't really give it a perfect grade for me. I mean, I say that, but I don't really like to grade movies. Yeah. Like, as far as, like, an A through F or one out of 1 through 10 scale. It's an A out of 10. A, it's an A. It, it is a, yeah. an A.5. <laughs> A.5 3775. <laughs> but overall, yeah, I, I really did enjoy this movie. I'm looking forward to seeing what Jordan Peele does next. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear he's doing a Candyman remake. 
I think he's just producing. Or is he? Pro- oh, wait, I thought he was directing that. Um, no. Or he's just producing it. Yeah. But, it seems um, something a little below him at this point. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like I said, I really did enjoy this movie. I want to see it again. Yes. I know I've said that throughout the entirety of this episode, but I really want to see this movie again. Um, I mean, are you? Do you want to? Would you want to see it again yeah, too? Like definitely. Just sort of like once you, once you don't exactly know everything. I want to go back and rewatch it with all this, all, all the now knowledge. With, in now mind. with the class system yeah. argument, uh, argument that you brought the up, the class divide. Class divide. I, yeah. We shouldn't say class system. That's something that England had. That yeah. England has. Yeah. Okay. But that, sort of the class divide. The yeah. class divide. That, class divide. That's, that's what, what I should, should say. say. Yeah. yeah. Um, but with that sort of theory mm-hmm. in mind i definitely want to go back and watch that again so they can pick through that yeah um but yeah um and it's kind of like <laughs> we'll 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 wrap up soon yeah, yeah yeah sorry sorry it's kind of like uh, a ba- an i feel e- like there's so much more we're missing <laughs> oh there's so much <laughs> there's about more, yeah oh uh, what's that one movie i guess pretty woman where julia roberts she's a prostitute and she gets to go to the you may be the first person to link us and Pretty Woman <laughs> in the same review. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, the new Jordan Peele movie. It's like Pretty Woman. <laughs> she, she's a, she's a, Julia Roberts is a lower class prostitute who gets to be and high class. Yeah, and he's the upper class. But Adelaide, Adelaide is her for the night. The real Adelaide ends up uh, going where, you know, the. What, I guess what you could say the lower classes. The lower class, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, kind of like an I don't know, a messed up version of Pretty Woman. <laughs> wow. Okay. And on that note, <laughs> and on that note, thank you so much for joining us for our spoiler-filled review of Jordan Peele's Us. One thing I will say, and I'll bring up this point again. Go see this movie in a theater. Yeah. See this movie with a packed house. I feel like you won't get the same excitement out of it, and you won't get the same experience out of it if you watch it at home. And when it comes, don't out fall the- asleep. Don't. Damn you, mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you said your mom fell asleep when yeah. watching the movie. When did she fall asleep? I don't know. I wasn't with her. <laughs> oh okay. Um, I didn't know if she told you like, oh right at this moment I tuned out or whatever. But no, uh, no, she just said she fell asleep. All right. Um, Thank you so much, Chris, for joining me once again. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Nikki B's Movie Corner. And as always, good night.